So hello and welcome to the Wellbeing Sessions with me, your host, Nate Pitcock. In today's podcast, we'll be discussing resilience. Here with us today to help us understand the meaning behind the word and how we can build up our own resilience is motivational business and personal development coach, Jill Fitzgibbon. As well as helping entrepreneurs launch and grow their businesses, she also coaches people in personal development who need help and direction with building confidence, time management, a work-life balance, and much more. So welcome, Jill. Hello, Nate. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for coming along today. We're all very excited about it. I think to get started, how would you define resilience? Yeah, um, when you talk about resilience, there are various definitions. So when you're talking about a person, it's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. So they've got a little bit of toughness about them if they're resilient. And it's also, if you're thinking about it as a substance or an object, it's that being able to spring back. So thinking of an elastic band, when you're pushing, you know, pulling an elastic band and before it snaps, it springs back into shape and it doesn't lose its shape, it goes back into shape. Um, and also one of the most important things about uh, what resilience means is that you have the ability to focus on things you can change rather than focusing on things you cannot change. And that's one of the things I'll talk about later is how you can do that with the strategy, you know, how you can help yourself with that. And also it's, it's to feel better quickly. So people who are more resilient bounce back from situations. So if something not great happens to them, if they're more resilient, they have a, a better ability to bounce back and recover from a shock, say, or something they weren't expecting, an unexpected challenge or something like that. And basically, it's also the ability to be happy and successful again when you've had a bit of a, a challenge. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Jill. So you, you talk about resilience being this uh, elastic band where you can bounce back. So are you, are you automatically born with this elastic band or is that something you have to develop? No, resilience is really ordinary. It is not extraordinary. And I think that's worth repeating. It's very ordinary. And it's not innate. You're not born with it. You can learn it. So, you know, it's something that we all face challenges and we all have to overcome them. When you build resilience in your life through things you've come across, um, you will see that you know, you say somebody, why is somebody more resilient than me? Because maybe they've been building it, but it's definitely not an age. You're not born with it. Okay, brilliant. So if, if you're not born with it, would you say that everyone has resilience then? Yeah, we all have resilience to um, a larger or smaller degree. And I mean, really, it's the ability not to fold under pressure. So if you are a resilient person, you will find you can deal with pressure better than people who aren't so resilient. It's something we need to build an awareness of in ourselves. We need to try and focus on the positive things and things that are really realistic to us that we can control. And then the more times you do that and support yourself, you will build awareness of, oh, that worked for me last time and I got through that challenge. So next time you face something like that, you have an awareness that you're building resilience. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So what strategies do resilient people possess? Okay, so there's three sort of main strategies, I think. Firstly, resilient people get it that SH1T happens, right? (laughs) They realise that they accept it as part of life. They go, well, look, things happen. 
And knowing this stops them from that thing of why me? So you know a lot of people when they're not very resilient and something happens, they go, oh, why me? Why is it always me? Or why is it always my family? Or, or whatever it is. So the pandemic is a perfect example, right? Resilient people in this pandemic said, okay, I can't control it. I can't change it. It's there. It's, it's a fact of life. And I can't do anything about that. Sort of realize that life isn't perfect and things happen. And therefore, they, they actually focus on the things that they can control. And that's the important thing. The other thing is resilient people are very good at focusing their attention on what they can change and they can accept what they cannot change. So, like I said, the pandemic, you can't change that. But the vital skill for resilience is that we all need to learn is that you need to focus on what you can change. And resilient people have a really good knack of putting their attention. They're aware of the negative things in the past around them. They know things aren't great. But the brain will always stick with our negative thoughts, unfortunately, for all of us. And um, when you actually say, okay, a resilient person will go, okay, the negative's there, I know it's there, but what I'm going to do is I'm just going to work out a way to concentrate on the positives. And then that's when you think about somebody who takes criticism. You know, somebody who's not so resilient will take it personally and go, oh, well, why somebody criticised me? Whereas a resilient person will look at a situation and say, actually, okay, I didn't really like being criticised, but I can learn something from it. So that's sort of, and the last thing is, is you need to ask yourself if what you're doing is helpful to you or harmful. And that's really important. So say you have a situation where somebody has lost a family member or they've had a breakup of a relationship or something like that. The whole point is, um, and you feel overwhelmed and you can't cope. In that moment, everybody does. If you lose a family member, you have a very long break of relationship, you will feel grief and that's normal. But if that grief becomes all-consuming so that every waking minute of the day and hour you're thinking of that person, then you have to ask yourself if you're doing yourself more harm or good. And then when you think that you're not actually getting on with your life because you have this feeling of said all consuming about that person then I think that's the point when you have to say to yourself actually it's not very helpful to me and I need to move on and that's another form of building resilience learning that although the thing is there and it's brief and it will always be there you can move on okay I, I find that really interesting to see so it's sometimes it's good to if something has happened in your life to take a step back from it actually and take a look from an outsider's perspective almost to see if that situation is harmful or not yeah and I think you know we all have friends who give us advice but we never listen and the best advice you can give is yourself and I think especially as you say with the situation where you're taking that step back and take a breath and go okay it's not great but guess what I've survived, you know, I've survived and I'll survive again. So, and I think that's the whole point, it's that survival thing. I, I think that's really true what you said then. I think it's very easy to give advice to other people in situations, but when you actually need that advice yourself, it's hard to listen to that advice that you give to other people sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I was saying about the criticism. You know, if somebody says to you, oh, you know, I, especially at work or even if, at, in college or university or school and some sort of that, that piece of work wasn't really up to scratch. Well, they're not saying it to upset you. They're probably saying it because they know you're better than that or you can do better than that. So they're saying, come on now, you know, they're trying to give you a bit of constructive criticism and a resilient person will go, OK, fine, I'll, I'll try and sort of see what I can change to improve the situation. 
Okay, brilliant. So going back to what you said earlier, you said something about accepting things. So I think from what I'm taking this, a big part of resilience is acceptance. Yeah, massive, yeah. massive. So, um, I mean, I'll tell you a true story. I was diagnosed uh, with serious illness, um, you know, for, for three, and I was in hospital in and out for three months. And I, well, I first of all, I got ill abroad, but I had to accept the fact that I couldn't change it, right? So all I could do was, you know, look after myself and try and build up my, you know, health so I could deal with the situation. But I did have a high mean moment as we all do. And I remember coming out of the hospital with my husband and I kicked the tire of the car with such force. And I had very long hair at the time and I started laughing and he thought I was crying. And he said, what's wrong? I said, this is really embarrassing. I said, I think I've broken my toe. I'm going to have to go back into the hospital <laughs> and say to them, OK, um, sorry about that, guys. I'm back in now with a broken toe after being told I'm really ill. So, um, But luckily I hadn't. But it was just, it, it just made me laugh because actually that was the why me moment for me. And I didn't ever say it again. After that, I thought, no, 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 this is ridiculous. I can't let this define me. I've got to actually cope with the situation. And I think that's also how I became quite resilient myself, okay, just having to deal with situations. Would you say that lots of people can have a defining moment like that? Or would you say that's just something that you personally have? No, I, I think we all do. I think, I think, um, I think we do. I mean, it can be something small. It doesn't have to be something major. It can be something like, as you said, if you're, you know, maybe you were studying really, really well and on the day of the exam, you sort of freak out and you just didn't do very well and, and you feel, you know, well, okay, now I know I need to change my mindset for when I do exams because it might be that I'm actually an A student, but I'm, I'm not very good at exams. So you've got to find a way of, you know, getting around that, for example, or it could be something like, my neighbour next door, his his son is mad about sport, and when his when he doesn't win, he gets quite sort of upset about it. And it's trying to teach kids as well that younger kids, you can't always win, but you know coming second isn't that bad. There's a hundred people in the race, <laughs> second's quite good too. So it, I think little things like that, focusing on things like that, defines. It, 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 you don't have to have actually a eureka moment. It can be small little things you build up as you go along. Okay, brilliant. So I, I, what I take from that is sometimes if something doesn't go right, something doesn't go your way, just accepting that can give you a better outlook for the future as well then. Yeah. Make you a happier person in general. Absolutely, absolutely. And then also if you're more resilient, life is a lot less stressful because you can deal with things when they come along. You know, you have a situation... And I think the big thing with me with resilience when I speak to people and I coach people, I say, look, remember the time you survived something. It could be something small, but just remember that time, you know, when you think, oh, actually, you know what? I thought that was a disaster, but I got through it. And here I am to tell the story, basically. So I think that sort of is, is a good thing to say to people. And, and then as you go forward in life, whether you're going to be working for yourself or working in a company, as you go through, you'll say you can call up those experiences you had in the past where you realised, actually, I was quite resilient and I didn't realise at the time I was resilient, but yeah. you actually were. So I think sometimes if you do become more resilient and you can cope with those stressful situations, sometimes that can actually make you more of a successful person as well than in the future, I imagine. It does. Yeah, definitely. It breeds success for sure, because you have the confidence to try something that you might have tried before. For example, you know, you could say, right, I wanted to set up a business and it didn't go very well. But then you set up another business, say, and then you think, actually, the mistakes from that first business, I now know what went wrong. And it does breed success because you're more confident to take a risk if you're more resilient, because you're more able to cope with obstacles and roadblocks along the way. 
Definitely. I think that's that's really like inspiring to hear that if you, you build up this resilience, it can be a great foundation for even greater things to happen in the future yeah. from there, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at all the famous people in the world who've had, you know, terrible disasters with their businesses and things and look at them now. And, you know, I, I think I would um, question any famous entrepreneur to tell you that they've never had a disaster or a business that went bust yeah. or something. You know, I think they would be telling a few little white lies there. <laughs> they might want to admit to it now, but, you know, that's probably made them stronger and more resilient. And that's why they're so successful. Definitely, definitely. So um, what actions can someone take to build resilience then? Okay, well, the first thing I think is the most important thing in my book is the acceptance of what I said earlier, accepting things that's the way they are and things that you can't change, right? That's that acceptance. So once you have that in your mind that actually, okay, I'm just going to accept that. That's what it is. I can't change it. I think you're halfway there because you're not trying to change something that's not you're not able to change. And that is an awful waste of energy mental energy as well you know trying to force yourself into making you know a square peg into a round hole it's not going to work so acceptance I think is, is really good another thing is to believe in your abilities so don't compare yourself to other people I mean you, you can be there and you I think also it's very easy with social media at the moment for people to do a lot of comparison how many followers do you have oh I don't have as many followers as them and I don't get as many likes so I'm not as popular well, you can buy followers, you know, I say to people when they say that to me, you know, you can, but you'd rather have 200 genuine followers than a thousand people who don't even know what you're doing or, you know, and I think the other problem is people are able to post everything of their life now. You know yourself, you go on Facebook, Instagram, popping up, yeah. and, oh, they're having a fabulous time. Well, they actually mightn't be. They're not going to post the rubbish, are they? <laughs> they're not going to post it and say, I'm having a terrible time. So I think that's important and being optimistic, you know, looking at the positive of a situation and, and seeing if you can find something positive out of that situation. And journaling is very good as well. I think journaling is an excellent one because you can actually, if you come across a situation and something's happened and you haven't been, you know, you're not you're pretty, you know, fed up about the outcome. If you write that down and write down why you're annoyed about the outcome or fed up or what were the circumstances around it the next time something similar comes along you can go back to that journal and go oh well hang on a second what happened that time and maybe i could do something a little bit different this time to try and you know, change the situation the most important thing is obviously i said be kind to yourself but i think the most important thing is establishing goals and that sounds in the face of adversity that sounds a bit odd but the point is if you have a small goal that you can focus on that keeps your mind off what you feel is the wrong you know the bad thing that's going on in your life so you know again when I was in hospital I got up every single day and got dressed I did not stay in bed and that to me was my goal never to stay in bed all day because people come in and see you and they're they're above you and the, you know, you're lying down and they're above you and, and you feel a bit sort of oh you know I, I felt a bit sort of I wasn't on equal terms with them so if I got up and got dressed and sat in a chair, at least I felt, oh, I'm up. And people were really surprised. You're up. And I go, yeah, I get up every day. And that was my goal, to get up every single day and get dressed and not be just lying in bed. Definitely. I, I remember listening to a podcast once and it was an army sergeant and he, he suffered with really bad depression. But he said if he got up and made the bed every day, he'd completed one task. And by completing one task, he felt a lot better about himself and ready to start the day then. Yeah, absolutely. And if you find yourself that type of person who gets a bit stressed about something in advance, like we were talking about exams or anything, going just for a walk 
you know, just doing that every day, so I'm going to go out every morning, clear my head before I sit down. I'm going to go for a 10 minute walk and make that a 15 minute walk or maybe make a 20 minute walk, but just building up a little goal. As you said, just one thing a day, you can sit down and say, actually, I established that. I did do my walk. I did make the bed. I did get up. It's really important. Definitely, definitely. Um, going back to what you said earlier about journaling, I, I've listened to lots of different podcasts and things and lots of people suggest journaling is a great thing. That's the first time anyone's ever told me to read it back. I've never heard that before. I've always been told to just write down your feelings. It's a great way to let things out. But actually reading something back, you can learn from your own past then. Yeah. It's a great piece of advice. Yeah, I think I think the reading back is good because then you say, again, as I said, you, you remember a situation similar and you can think, right, as I said, what did I do differently? What could I do differently? What should I do then that didn't quite work? So yeah, I think reading back is important because if you just write stuff, you've been writing stuff for years and you've forgotten what you've written. So I think the reading back is important. Definitely. Definitely. And also what you said about trying to change things. I, th- I think that's a, a great source of unhappiness. What you said about acceptance, just accept it rather than trying to change. Essentially, bad things will happen and you've got to accept them in your life. If you try to change things, that's where you will become unhappy. Yeah. And as I said earlier, you know, the negative, our brain sadly does sort of tend to, you know, negative, positive, you know, we sort of tend to sort of go, oh, that'll never work. Or, But, it, you know, that's what I'm saying about resilient people. They know the negative is there, but they have a really good knack of focusing on the thing, the positive. And that if you can just sort of, when you find yourself getting into that mode, if you can just say, well, hang on a second, give yourself a step back, as we said earlier, step back and just say, okay, I'm just going to assess the situation for a second before I decide it's all bad and think that that's helpful. Definitely. Well, thank you very much for coming along today, Jill. Really enjoyed having you here. We're really thankful that you've actually come. And thank you to all of our listeners as well for tuning in and hope you have a lovely day. Thank you, Nate, and you too. Thank you. Thank you.